Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 361. My name's Adam Patterson. With me today, we've got Kevin Rakestraw. Hey, Kevin. Hey. This week on the show, we'll be talking about Nisa Hardiman's Sea Fever. We'll also be going over some of we're watching on the watch list and talking about some new releases in, on VOD and Blu-ray. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Please remember to review us on iTunes if you get a moment. That would be super helpful. How's everything going on over there? You uh, hanging in there? Have you gone crazy yet? No. I, I got a little bit of a, of a morale boost today with getting groceries, mm. which has become a, a whole thing. It's like a whole, it, like it takes forever because you have to put in an order like way ahead mm. in order to try and get anything. And then you go and pick it up. You have no idea what they have in stock, what they don't have in stock. So it's just kind of like you go, you pick it up. And you find out what you got. Yeah, complete complete craft shoot, huh? Yeah, sure is. But it is a pretty good haul. That's good. So, yeah, the the target around where my apartment is, they, they limit the number of people who can go in. So if you get there and it happens to be on a, on a busy time, you have to wait in line outside and they let people in mm. per- periodically. Mm. So I, we've been... And it's re- I've been doing mostly order online ordering. But. Yeah, that's what we do is the, like the, the curbside pickup. But it's weird how, um, or I should say, it's kind of wild how like things have changed so quickly. Because I was sitting in the parking lot waiting to get my pickup order, right? And everyone's wearing masks. And to me, that's just like completely normal now. Right. You know, I'm just like, yeah, there's people. Yeah, I was... Uh... What you do? You wear masks when you go to the grocery store. Yeah, Yeah, I was saying that to my wife, like... Uh, like a couple weeks ago, everything felt weird. Like every every day that I would wake up and not, you know, get ready to go into the office or leave the house at all, it felt weird. Like it didn't it didn't feel right. But now, it's just it feels normal. Like I'm in a routine now. And I yeah, don't, and I don't... the weird thing is, one person got out of their car right to go into shop. They grabbed a shopping cart, no mask, no gloves. And my first thought is just like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Which, you know, a month ago, I'd just be like, I wouldn't think anything. Right. You see somebody outside without gloves or a mask, and you're just like, oh, oh they're asking for it. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you doing? Why? Why are you doing this to yourself? <sighs> it's so bizarre. So bizarre. It truly is. It truly is couple housekeeping things here we there will be a new ryan watches a movie this week we had him watch the nice guys so be sure to give that a listen there are some surprises in that episode he's always full of surprises yeah yeah Uh, that'll be dropping on thursday and then we will be recording this month's saved by the 90s this week and i would i'd say that's it's probably going to drop late this week or early next week. So stay tuned for that. You can follow Saved by the 90s on Twitter at 90s pod for updates on that. We're going to be doing dark comedies, including films by John Waters, Alexander Payne. Pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Some good stuff. Good stuff lined up in there. Might even have a foreign movie in there too. Sprinkled in. Yeah. Maybe a Japanese movie. Oh, is that allowed? Hey, I make the rules. Oh, nice. 
Yeah. With that, I think we can get into our review here. Sea Fever. This is this is direct. Catch it. Sea Fever. <laughs> catch it now. <laughs> it does sound like kind of a good thing. It does. I don't know why, but it it sounds like I want to have sea yeah, fever. Yeah, you want to have sea fever. It sounds like you're going to be hopping on sea dews and just having a good time in the sun. <laughs> Catch sea uh, fever. Especially now. Oh, I know, right? What I wouldn't give to have some sea yeah. fever right now. This is written and directed by Nisa Hardiman. I have a synopsis here. The crew of a West of Ireland trawler marooned at sea struggle for their lives against a growing parasite in their water supply. Uh, I wrote a review for this. I got it up on the site right now. So, Kevin, I think we'll start it with you. What were your initial impressions of sea fever? Oh, the old sea fever. Uh, it, it, for the most part, it, it hit that hit that sweet spot of a, a, a subgenre that I'm really into. Mm-hmm. Strange going-ons in the ocean there. So it had enough that it kept me riveted enough, especially with the hard, uh, the hard science. I appreciated the hard science going on here. Uh, it's, it was, it was a little difficult because it, it is kind of timely when they get into this like quarantine question. Oh yeah, and you're just like, oh Jesus Christ. Well, That's yeah, right. I'm being reminded of what I'm in right now. Yeah, I mentioned that in my review, like you can't help but draw the parallels like and and i was like i was like thinking about it and it's like everything everything i watch almost everything i watch i draw parallels to what's happening now even if it's not a movie like obviously this movie more so than others but even like just regular movies that i'm watching sometimes i think about like oh man that's what it was like to be able to just like go out and interact with others and stuff like that like i just everything reminds me of what we're dealing yeah. with now, but more so, uh, obviously more so in this movie, because not only do you have a, a parasite that is infecting people and you don't know right away if you're infected or not, and they're trying to quarantine, but just the, the incompetence of this crew where they're just like, when they do get infected, they're like, well, we got to go home. We got to, we got to go home. And then of course this, the, the, biology student who's on board played by uh hermione corn corfield is she's like no we, we, we have to isolate we can't run the risk of spreading this and so there's this whole conflict there of them wanting to go home and her being like no 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 we can't and i thought that, yeah. that was very relevant as well well yeah because you have that which you know they're all essentially saying we have to get on land we have to go to the hospital we can at least get help. She's trying to get them to understand that there is no help. Like no one knows what to do with this thing or how to get rid of it. <clears throat> and, you know, she has to essentially quarantine them against their wishes. But it's also too with the, the, the first guy that gets infected and you see throughout is like they keep touching their eyes, which, you know, feels very relevant now where it's like, don't touch your face. Yeah. And that's all I could think of. Every time they're touching their eyes, I'm just like, what do you stop touching stop your touching. eyes? You saw what happened. Quit touch it. it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's kind of interesting that this comes out just a few months after Underwater, which is another sea, sea faring horror movie, sci-fi horror movie. 
It's very different though. It's a very different kind of movie. This this movie uh is less about the the creature and more about like what happens to people. It's more of a body horror movie than yeah. than than a creature feature. There is a creature involved, but that's not really the the focal point. It's it's more so like what happens when they come into contact with this creature and and sort of the after effects of that. I think it's I think that you could easily compare this movie to the thing as well, but again, I think the thing r- relies more heavily on like the creature aspect of it whereas this yeah. I mean there's even there's even a scene in this where they have to test each other and it felt to me very reminiscent of yeah. the yeah, thing. It, it, it did. It very much did. But I also appreciated that this movie isn't I I don't know why, but I had this feeling that it was going to go more of a not necessarily a sci-fi element to it, but maybe more so like a creature element, but it it stayed very very grounded in that Really, the only thing that's out of the ordinary is this creature that doesn't exist, mm-hmm. right? And that's about it. But at, like, in terms of where this creature normally resides, like how the creature is acting, like all those things are pretty much grounded in, for the most part, scientific fact, mm-hmm. which I thought was really interesting. Is that you just like, in terms of the the Hadal zone, which isn't really that. Uh, explored so there there is this possibility of like creatures existing that we have no idea about and they just kind of were like okay well this is one of them and then they just kind of went off of that yeah sure like there's there's uh, so much so much of the ocean so much of the deep sea that we have not explored you know and there's we know that there are creatures living like way 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 down like in the mariana trench and stuff like that that we probably haven't encountered or classified or anything and i i agree with you i i I also like that it's more so grounded in in fact so it is more this like kind of hard sci-fi element rather than like an alien presence or something like that and because of that the movie is more understated than something like underwater like if you see underwater it's like high adrenaline big set pieces uh, very, very sci-fi. It's like very out there. There, there are like alien creatures in that, and where that one goes, it's like it's just a lot bigger and more boisterous, yeah. a lot more explosions and things. Whereas this one is, it's very understated. There's a lot less action, and and maybe that's uh, a little bit of a criticism I could have. I, I could have used maybe two or three more set pieces because I thought that what they had here was really good. I just wanted a little bit. A little bit more like I liked the whole scene with them deciding that they want to electrocute the the whole the whole boat you know <laughs> like I thought that, yeah. that that whole scene was really cool um and then like the the testing scene that we that we mentioned um I probably could have just used a couple more things in there I did I think I could have used a little bit more of a like they they seem to build it up so much with you know the talk of the sea fever and everything and people kind of betraying one another or turning on each other so it's it felt like they were kind of building up to that where it was you know the movie becomes less about this creature that's invading the boat and kind of infecting people and it became more so about you know 
the people, are they going to turn on each other? Or are they going to, you know, get together and get through this thing? So it really felt like they were really building up to that. But then the, the tension within that aspect of it just, it seems like it just dissipated like immediately, like mm-hmm. a certain number of people, things happened to them and now we're not worried about, you know, people turning on each other anymore. Exactly. Yeah. I felt, I felt that that was a little bit that that could have used some more developing. Absolutely. And another thing that they talk about a lot, or at least at the beginning they, they allude to is the fact that the lead character has this, like she's like severely antisocial and she has all this like kind of anxiety and she doesn't like to be around people. And she didn't even want to go on this, um, expedition because she doesn't like social interactions and she has a hard time being around other people and she, but she had to because she needed it to she needed to log the hours to graduate I guess and I thought that they were going to do more with that but they I felt like they didn't really do much with that at all I thought that like yeah. the, the whole thing I was kind of expecting the whole thing to sort of be a metaphor for anxiety and like learning to overcome it or whatever but it, I, I didn't really feel that and if that if that was the intent it didn't really come through for me i think the, the only thing that it did work with is kind of her detachment i mean one one thing is that her being a scientist has her firmly feet you know planted firmly in that realm and the way that she thinks things through but then also her not really being attached to people was it kind of made her come off cold, which I think worked, you know, when she's kind of like, Hey, we have to quarantine. And they're just like, what the hell? We need to get help. And she's like, I don't really care about you guys. I care about, you know, the, the, the greater population. And they're just like, Oh, how could, how dare you say that? And it's like, no, she's right. Like she can't really think about you six people. Like you can take that how you want. But, but the only thing that I thought was kind of odd in that is that there is that moment where uh, this is the guy, um, the guy, the, the, the love Johnny. interest angle. <laughs> yeah, where he's just like, don't think about the horrible things that we just saw and that you're asking about. Just shut the hell up. Let's just not talk about it. And then she's like, okay, well, should we make out? And he's like, okay. Yeah. Just it, like that. What? That's a little weird. It was. It was weird. One one thing that I did like was the I thought the effects work was all pretty effective too. Especially like I'm not gonna spoil it, but what happens to that first victim, that first guy? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I was not yeah, I was not <laughs> expecting that. That was kind of a that was kind of a shock. Yeah. The the whole movie also I think has some some alien influence too. And um that that scene I thought kind of harkened back to Alien, and yeah, I was very shocked by that scene. I thought that that was really effective in the shower scene when when that guy, just the uh, like what happens to that guy in the shower, it looked yeah. to me it looked so like how the the cuts sort sort of appeared like as they were dripping down, like that ugh, gave, gave me the heebie-jeebies. Mm-hmm. So I thought that like most of the effects work was pretty pretty damn solid in this too. Same with the, like the, the underwater shots when they were in the water. I thought it all looked quite good. So I was pretty impressed overall with the the visual aspect of it as well. Yeah, I gotta say like overall for me, 
is he, one of the, you know, a couple of things are like style wise, I just didn't really, it wasn't enough for me to like really excite me. You know what I mean? Like this is all serviceable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if this is, if this is something that's up your alley, this particular like subgenre of movie, this is, it's well-made. It'll hit that sweet spot. Does it elevate above that? I don't think it does. At least for me, it doesn't. But if this is what you're looking for, it's a well-made movie. Yeah, I completely agree. It's nothing incredible. I think, again, just comparing it to Underwater, uh, I think I prefer Underwater over this. But this this is a much more kind of contained just smaller thriller that that I think is adequately suspenseful. The mm-hmm. I think the performances across the board are they're fine. It's it's a serviceable plot. Exactly. It, like I don't think that this is like a very forgettable movie. Like I'm gonna remember I'll remember this by the end of the year, but it's not gonna like stick out to me, you know? Yeah. It's not the type of thing that gets you like really excited that you want to get out and tell people about. Right. Unless someone's like, you know what? You know what type of movie I really like? I like, you know, kind of the survival movies that happen like out in the ocean. And there's just this unexpected creature. And you'd be like, oh, you know what? Sea Fever. Mm-hmm. From 2020. I think, I think you would like Sea Fever. Yeah, I could see myself recommending this to people. Yeah. Who are looking yeah. for something like that. But it's not me at the end of the year being like, holy shit, dude. Sea Fever. You fucking need to see it. You gotta see it. You gotta catch the sea fever. Must right? must see. Uh, okay, so this is available on VOD now, so you can give it a rent. Uh, let's go ahead and give it a score. Uh, in my review, I gave it a seven out of ten. I'm still I'm still comfortable with that that score. Okay, all right. I'm like a six six and a half. There you have it. That is sea fever. Catch it. Get that sea fever. All right, let's talk about some of what we're watching. I only had one. I only have one. Oh, one, 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 yeah, one movie to to mention. Now, I did see a number of things, but it was all in preparation for, say, by the '90s. So you'll have to oh, okay. tune into that to hear hear about the other stuff that I watched this week. But what I, one that I did watch was Butt Boy. <laughs> yeah. This is this is written and directed by uh, Tyler Cornack. It also stars him as butt boy mm-hmm. i think that maybe maybe the this movie's title is hurts it in a oh, lot of ways because yeah oh def- definitely <laughs> you you hear the title and you're just like eh, that does not mm, seem great you know what i was kind of expecting from this movie i was expecting like a uh greasy strangler like that's what i was imagining okay. in my yeah. head yeah i could see that I didn't see the trailer for this. I knew the premise going into it, but I just had those greasy strangler vibes and it's maybe a little bit there towards the end, but it's not nearly as big of a gross out movie than I expected. And it's also not funny at all. Like, I don't know if it's necessarily supposed to be funny, but it's not really funny. I actually did. I did enjoy it. I thought it was pretty entertaining. So if you're not familiar with Butt Boy, it's about a guy who discovers that he can put things in his butt and make them disappear. So it starts off pretty small. 
And he just gradually puts bigger and bigger things in his butt until one day he decides he puts a dog in his butt and then he escalates from there and puts a child in his butt. And he is, he's so distraught about what he did. It's like an addiction. It's like he has to do it. And he becomes so distraught over what he did. He, he attempts suicide, but it fails. And then he goes, starts going to AA and continue. And he, is able to stop. He kind of curbs the addiction. Nine years pass. Uh, this detective enters AA and the guy who puts stuff in his butt becomes his sponsor. And he sort of falls off the wagon and starts putting stuff in his butt again. And he ends up putting another person in there, another child. And the detective gets assigned the case. And, and he very quickly figures out that this guy is doing like almost too quickly. Like this guy's a super cop because he figures out that this guy's putting stuff in his butt and making it disappear like way too fast. <laughs> like yeah, he gets okay. from point A to point B so quickly. Um, but it, it's obviously a very odd movie, but, and it, but it has some surprises in it. There's some twists in there and uh, I kind of, I kind of dug it. I was kind of into butt boy. It's not nearly as bad as I expected. That's interesting. Because like, like you said, with the title, so I can tell you, personally, I can speak for myself, that that title destroys any hope of this movie. Because you tell me, hey, Kevin, do you want to see Butt Boy? My immediate thought is, I ain't watching that shit. No. I, w- I would say that this is not a movie for you. I don't think that you'll be into Butt Boy. I don't think that there's much for you to, to really enjoy with Butt Boy. But I'm saying it's not... It's not as bad. It's nowhere near at the okay. same level as the Greasy yeah. Strangler. Like, I, I didn't like the Greasy Strangler at all. Yeah, I'm just saying any movie, <laughs> regardless of what it is, like, if you name it Butt Boy, I'm not going to go any further. That's understandable. <laughs> I can like, what? I can, I can understand that. <laughs> Why? Why would you do that to yourself? Was it, it, was it a dare? Do you think someone was like, I dare you call it yeah i i don't know i feel like they did kind of shoot themselves in the foot with that title this might have worked better as a short like a short film uh it, it does get a little bit long in the tooth it's it's like an hour and 40 minutes or something it, it yeah but boy has no it has no 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 come on but boy Stop it. we'll have a review for this movie up uh probably shortly after this episode goes live uh Chris, Chris wrote a review. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. 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 Uh, he, funny, you, you didn't even need to watch this for a review. You were just like, I'm going to watch, I'm checking out Buck Boy. I planned on checking it out. Yeah. I, gotcha. I, I plan on giving it a look. It premiered, it premiered at Fantastic Fest and people were talking about it. So I was like, oh, you know, I give it a look. Chris, Chris liked it too. That was the other, that was the other thing. Like, um, just a quick spoiler. He, he, um, reviewed it very favorably so i was like all right i'll give it a look people people like him but boy. i'm telling you it's not it's like not that. what you expect no it is i mean from what you told me it sounds far more serious than it is like a title like but boy would lead me to believe yeah like i think it's supposed to be funny i didn't laugh i don't think i laughed a single time which that might be a failing on the movie itself but i still found it to be pretty compelling. It's like a, it's like almost like a serial killer. It's like a procedural almost. 
Yeah, but instead of murdering people, putting them in his butt. Yeah, puts him puts him right in his butt. It's like a black hole. His butt's like a black hole. That just opens up so many conversations. I'm sorry to get stuck on this, <laughs> but now I'm just thinking, now I'm just thinking of like financing producers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, you know, it, the thing the thing is, it's a it's a very it's a very uh, high quality looking movie too. Like it doesn't look cheap. It doesn't look shitty. Like they did a really good job with the lighting and stuff. There's lots of, um, a lot, a lot of really good lighting in it. I mean, it, it apparently only had a $150,000 budget. Um, but they, they made that work. They made that budget work. Yeah. Incredible. I don't, oh, man, that's tough to follow up on bus boy. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I watched uh, The Grand Bazaar, which is currently playing on Mubi. Uh, this is from Jody Mack, the the experimental animator of short films. I think this is only like her second feature length, which is it's very short. It's like a 60-minute feature length. But it's essentially like an expansion upon a, uh, a series of her short films, which she's pretty much known for textile patterns just being shuffled kind of like she essentially uses like stop motion animation to go through like all different textiles maybe paisley patterns that type of thing so here is an expansion upon that where not only is she shuffling textile patterns different fabrics and, and the like but choreographing it with music and of course, the music is made with like everyday sounds or speech or even pop music at times. And then it's also coupled with like landscapes and also scenes of fabric production. So you have a little bit of everything that goes into either the, the production of textiles and how textiles are transported across the globe to get to where they need to get to. But it's all done, you know very experimental there's no dialogue whatsoever it's just it's just fabrics in different locations but there is for whatever reason i mean i'm a i'm already a fan of her short films um but this just absolutely worked for me it's very vibrant very colorful uh there's a great rhythm to it the music is fantastic and there's just this like like this positive energy to it where there's there's nothing really that it, like you can just tune out you know what i mean like it's just patterns with nice music and they're draped in certain patterns and they change and they're on planes and they're on cars they show up in mirrors like she just does a lot of inventive inventive things with these fabrics and it's just it's fun to watch it was it was fun to watch it's a nice little respite. Hmm. I see a review here from Liam on Letterboxd that says this in a blunt. There you go. Yeah, I could see it. Yeah, I could definitely see that. If I wasn't worried about my face melting off, <laughs> I could do that. <laughs> if, if someone could go back in time and get weed from like 1999 and bring it here. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Without a doubt. A hundred percent. Just a big bag of it. And yeah, you you could have yourself a time. Trust me. All right, and that's the Grand Bazaar uh, on Mubi. Yes, fantastic. A lot of her short films are actually um, available for free 
on Vimeo, on like her Vimeo page. So if you watch any of the any of the films, the short films with the like the textile patterns and stuff, if that's your type of thing, definitely watch Grand Bazaar. If you watch those and you're like, I don't get this, this is stupid, don't watch the Grand Bazaar. Just just let go. Move on to something else. <laughs> um I finally got to watch Ash is the purest white. No. Ash is purest white. I always want to throw in a the for some reason. Just Ash is purest white. I I, I think I always yeah. said it with a the too for some reason. I you just want to for some reason. It's I don't weird. know why. It's weird. Uh this is uh Jiangu's latest, which is available on Amazon Prime now, apparently. After I got the D V D from Netflix. It's mm. like it always happens. And I sat on it for like two weeks. Because I was just never in the mood for Ash's purest white. But I will say, finally sat myself down, forced myself to watch it. And uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Like all of his films. Fantastic. Um, it is a, it's kind of like sprawling narrative of the, this woman by, by Zhao Tao, who is the girlfriend to a mobster boss. In. And it over like a number of decades, it, it traces their relationship. Starts out, he's like, you know, he's the boss. She's along for the ride. He's doing things. He's moving up. He's in charge. He becomes a target because, he, you know, kind of his influence. He's getting beat up by some thugs. He's getting overpowered. She comes out. All she does is just fires off two shots just to get everyone to back off. But of course, having a handgun is illegal in China. So she goes to jail for five years, never says whose gun it is. She says that it's hers. Takes the fall, everything. So she's expecting when she gets out, Ben's going to be there. No, Ben's not there. Ben don't give a shit. He left. He's doing his own thing now. He's went legit. He's got a new girlfriend. All this. So that's the whole thing. He ends up coming back because she needs him or he needs her. Um, and it's essentially like in the beginning, with the the brotherhood of the the, the underground, uh, all this talk of like brotherhood and righteousness and all of that, um, he's kind of shown for you know nothing more than just a selfish man only looking out for his own self interest and all these supposed values that he has uh, are superfluous and they're just for show. Whereas on the flip side, her she essentially lives what the underground represents, and it ends up bringing her some strife because no one else is adhering to these these guidelines like she is and it's just this really nice mix of like he always does a mix of the you know the hybrid of like documentary slash narrative filmmaking and it has that with different um uh film film grades and stuff and the interesting thing here though is like it has just this slight glimpse little brief touch of like a fantasy aspect with UFOs, which is just kind of unexpected for him, which really caught me off guard. But I mean, everything about this, the framing, the performances, editing, I mean, it's, it's phenomenal. Nice. And that is Ash is purest white. No, the, no, the get out of here. No, the get out of here with the, don't do it. Don't fucking do it. Uh, I only have one other movie and that's slack jaw directed by, uh, Zach Weintraub. This is the part of the, we, the news article that we put out that him and cinematographer slash director Nando Rao put all their movies that they worked on together as a part of New Hard Entertainment, 
So movies like uh, International Sign for Choking, Hawaiian Punch, Slack Jaw, and a bunch of other movies. They're all available for free. Slack Jaw is a movie, it's probably his last feature. I think came out in like 2015, did festivals, ran, you know, did the festival run. Uh, I was pretty excited for it. Kept waiting and waiting patiently. Never showed up until now. Now available. Uh, and unfortunately it was, uh, it was a, a true disappointment. Mm. Yeah. Just didn't really work for me at all. And it's, all it is really is Robert Malone plays a guy named Rob. Zach Weintraub, the director, plays a guy named Austin. They both decide to sign up to be human guinea pigs for this, like, this big-time corporation that moved into their small town that, of course, is split, split the community. Some people are happy for the jobs that, they're gonna, that it's going to create, you know, the money it's going to bring in. And then, of course, you know, there's the other side that wants this corporation to get the fuck out of here. Well, only Austin gets accepted to be a human guinea pig. Rob doesn't, and he keeps it a secret, and he continues living his life of, like, just kind of dicking around and partying. Um, and then, I guess, towards the end, kind of decides that maybe he should help out his friend because he's not exactly sure what's happening to him. And, like, if he's still alive or, you know, what the hell's going on. But, like, at the end of it, like, I kept waiting for it to be something like to evolve into something or have something to say. And unfortunately, like, I just, I don't know what it is. And I don't know if that's a failing on my part. I'm tending to lean towards that it's a failing on the movie's part because much of this movie feels like it's not really doing anything. It's just kind of meandering. And it's not really that funny per se. And it's just nothing memorable in terms of like look or style or performances or, you know, even the storyline or anything. It was just really a, just kind of a nothing, unfortunately. Really bummed out. So I was looking forward to this movie for like years and oh boy, it didn't work. Hmm, that's unfortunate. Slackjaw. Slackjaw. I mean, the good thing is if you're still interested in Zach Weintraub's stuff, it's like all available now, right? Yeah. And that's the thing, like, uh, I mean, I've written about the international sign of choking. If you haven't seen that movie, do so. Very, very good. Hawaiian Punch is a really good movie. Nandan Rao is a really underrated cinematographer. I mean, the way he chooses the frame things is really fantastic and different. Where, where are all these movies available if somebody wants to check them out? Is this on their site? Yeah, it's... If you go to newhardentertainment.com, and the, the interesting, the thing that I like about this too is like if you go to Slackjaw's page, and you go down, like they give you you know credits, a little story of like what the movie's about, this and that, and then there's a related links of like a ton of stuff that just in some way is connected to this movie. Like maybe someone like a morning light is on here because the director Ian Clark plays a character in this movie. And Zach Weintraub is in the movie Morning Light, which I wrote a review for and really enjoyed, which was made right after Slackjaw. So there's a link that you can click on and watch a Morning Light. So there's more than just those movies. All right, let's take a look at what we have on VOD this week. We got uh, on the 14th, Powerbomb. This is a wrestling horror movie, maybe? Oh, yeah. 
The story of a wrestler on the verge of breaking into the big time, but after years of struggling, he's contemplating leaving it all behind to spend more time with his family. When our wrestler's biggest fan hears the news, he decides to take matters into his own hands to ensure his champion gets to the top by any means necessary, including extortion, kidnapping, and even murder. Oh, boy. Power bomb. Uh, We also have Abominable. I think we can all imagine what that's about. We got Butt Boy. We got got Getaway, which is a horror movie. We got Bias. Uh, The Legend of Sweet Pea. Basketball doc there. Mm Mm-hmm. The Sharks. It's a, uh, I believe that might be like a coming of age, coming of age story. What sharks? The Sharks. Yeah, fourteen-year-old. The Sharks. Fourteen-year-old Rosina lives in a beach resort rumored to be plagued by sharks. Upon meeting the older Joselo, she feels a desire to bridge the distance between their bodies and begins to circle him as if inspired by the mysterious predators. Oh my gosh! She starts acting like a shark. Uh oh. Now we got Ray and Liz coming out. And then on the 17th, we have Abe. This looks like a about a kid who's a cook, wants to be a chef okay. or something. We got The Quarry. This is starring um, Michael Shannon and Shea Wiggum. I'm actually kind of interested in this. Yeah, what's that called again? The Quarry. Okay. And we got. Earth and Blood, which is on... That's a Netflix one. Uh, got Endings... Uh, endings, Beginnings. Maybe that's a... Looks like some kind of love story, maybe? Oh, Shailene Woodley's in that. And Jamie Dornan and Sebastian Stan. Okay. We got Sergio. Mm. We got Sergio. That's on Netflix as well. We got Sella and the Spades. I'm interested in that. We got Behind You. It's a horror movie. We got Beyond the Visible. Helma... F. Clint, which is a documentary about the artist uh, mentioned in the title. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great artist. This is a virtual theatrical release. Ooh. So this is, yeah, this is one of Zeitgeist Films is putting this out, so you can uh, support your local indie theater by buying a ticket to this if it's screening there, virtually screening there. Gotcha. Uh, we've got Raising High. That's on Netflix also. We got A White White Day. This is also a virtual theatrical release. This is a, uh, I believe it's an Icelandic film. Icelandic thriller. Ooh. Yeah, this was, I believe this was Iceland's entry in the uh, the Oscars. Okay. So I'm kind of interested in that. We got Bad Therapy uh, with uh, Alicia Silverstone, Rob Corddry, Michaela Watkins. Comedy. And that's about it for VOD. Did you notice how many VOD releases there are now? <laughs> this is so many. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm mean, because that's all... That's all that exists anymore. Yeah. We got on, okay. On Blu-ray this week, we got 16 Candles. This is a, the Arrow video version that's coming out. Uh, it's got a really cool cover. I'm sure that it's packed with features too. So I'm definitely interested in that. We got Tin Cup from 1996 coming out. Oh, Kevin Costner, the golf, some golf action. Mm, no, thank you got underwater coming out uh this is the sci-fi horror movie that came out earlier this year definitely recommend checking this out if you haven't yet it's uh quick it's pretty good just mercy coming out that's the one from uh, last year with uh, michael b jordan and jamie fox 
Brie Larson. Got The Wind from 1986. This is another Arrow release. Uh, Gutterballs from 2008. It's a horror movie. Mm-hmm. We got Stray Cat Rock, The Collection, 1970 to 71. This includes Delinquent Girl Boss, Wild Jumbo, Sex Hunter, Machine Animal, Beat 71. That's on Arrow. Okay. Got Grass from 2018 coming out. Uh, The Cat in the Moon from last year. That was the Nat Wolf one. Mm, That's pretty much it. What about Criterions this week? Hey, there's one. From 1939, George Marshall's Destry Rides Again, which stars Marlena Dietrich and uh, James Stewart. It's a it's a, a comedic western, a boisterous spoof. Oh, a spoof! Nice. Sounds like a wacky it's time. Short. Yeah, you know it. All right, maybe give that a look. Maybe if you want a spoof on some westerns. <laughs> Uh, all right. I think it's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You can send us your questions and topics to podcast at filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net and at filmpulsekevin. And if you have a minute, consider giving us a review on your podcast platform of choice. For Kevin Reichstraw, my name is Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week.